Kings. Hey, if you have your Bible, uh, we are going to be in the book of 2 Kings, uh, 2 Kings chapter 6, uh, and we're going to be looking at a very interesting uh, narrative story here uh, from the Old Testament, 2 Kings chapter 6, uh, verses 8 through, uh, we'll get into, I think, 23. And so uh, it is my joy to be here. Obviously, Pastor Brian uh, is out of town. Uh, and so I always look forward to the opportunities, not when he's out of town, but always look for the opportunities uh, to bring God's word and to open God's word uh, with my faith family. You are my family. I want you to know that. Uh, 18 years ago, moved up here from Orlando, and there was no family here. And this church has become my family over time. And I'm just grateful for this faith family and for this body. And so um, that said, <clears throat> man, just grateful for our worship, for uh, the team leading us today. Uh, and so praying about, it's always, it's always a struggle. I told you guys this before when Brian's out. And Lord, what do you want us to look at as a family today? And I uh, prayed through this, and um, last month with our students and our student ministry, we were preaching through the life of Elisha, uh, and there is just so many different passages that came up there, and so I honestly thought I was going one direction, and then just felt like, no, God was pushing me back to this uh, story from the life of Elijah in 2 Kings chapter 6, because what I realize is uh, everybody in here uh, man, we are going through, just, just, just because of the brokenness in our world, we face battles. Uh, there are so many different battles in life. Um, you, know, just, I, you know, we have an image here, and the image just has a different depiction of different battles that we face. Um, obviously, uh, the idea of physical battle, war, is in front of us now. And all that's going on over in Israel, whereas like uh, this week, it will have been a month since the conflict uh, has begun over there. On the background of that, you still got the Russian and Ukraine uh, war that is going on um, that has kind of taken the back seat in a lot of the news headlines. And so we've got these physical battles uh, that we see. We have health battles, diagnosis uh, sicknesses. Sometimes they're short term. Uh, sometimes they're more long term. Uh, maybe even this week, uh, you, there is some uncertainty in your life because of a diagnosis or just a feeling that's just not right physically uh, in your body. Or maybe you've got a loved one that's in the process of going through cancer treatment or has been in the long process of going through cancer treatment. And so that's just a battle that we face health. We have relational battles. Um, I'm so thankful for my wife, Erin. Uh, we will have been married in March for 19 years. Uh, love her more now than I've ever loved her. But marriage is a battle. That's, I mean, that's just the honest truth. Um, and so living and doing life with people is always interesting. It's always fun. Um, you've got even just with kids. Man, there's different seasons. I'm blessed to have four kids I've got a 17-year-old, a 15-year-old, a 13-year-old, and a 9-year-old. And every season of life comes with its own battles, its own challenges. Uh, sometimes I look back at those of you that have younger kids, and I'm like, oh, I thought life was so hard back then. It's like I would do anything just to go back to trying to get the peas in the mouth and everything like that. But it's a battle in and of itself. And so anyhow, but even just relational, re relational battles, battles, I think about family. 
a lot of family, just, there's just d- dysfunction. Again, we, have a bro- we live in a broken world because of sin, and so because of that, there is dysfunction in our families. As we're coming into, we're on the precipice of the holiday season and going into Thanksgiving and going into Christmas, you, some of you are looking forward to these seasons of getting together with family members, and some of you, not so much. Because again, we have uh, uh, relational and family battles Obviously, political and cultural battles, emotional battles, battles from within that we face as well. But then the ultimate battle, uh, one that is not normally seen, one cannot be diagnosed by any physician or doctor, is our spiritual battle that is happening. And I am so excited that each of you are here today uh, that, again, man... We're all facing some sort of battle, and today we're just going to kind of look at this passage as it reminds us, as it gives us some hope, as it gives us some strength, as it gives us some confidence in God as we face life's battles. And I don't know about you, sometimes when we go through battles, sometimes we remember and we rely on God, and sometimes we do not and so I'm hoping today it will be a reminder. We're going to just want to give you some reminders, some good truths from this great story in 2 Kings chapter 6 of just some hope as we face life's battles. And so the context, I just want everybody to kind of understand what's going on around here. The context of 2 Kings chapter 6 is this narrative is going to revolve around a man named Elisha. It's really tough because if you know anything about the Old Testament, Elisha was the one who followed a prophet, and his name was Elijah. Uh, and so it gets really interesting, especially at the end of 1 Kings, and you go into 2 Kings, and you have these two guys existing, and so you got Elijah and Elisha. So I just want to make sure we are talking about Elisha today. I might even slip up and say Elijah. If I do, it's okay. We're speaking about Elisha. Elisha was a prophet of God. God would raise up different prophets to come and speak truth into the life of his people. And Elisha was a prophet to the people group of Israel. At this time, at this time frame in the history of Israel, they are now into what's called a divided kingdom. They have a northern kingdom and they have a southern kingdom. And each kingdom has their own king. And so God's people were divided Ten tribes, they went to the north, and they kept the name Israel, and their capital city was that of Samaria. Two tribes stayed together, and they got the name Judah, and they, but they got to keep the capital of Jerusalem. And so anyhow, Elisha's ministry was to the northern kingdom, okay? So as we're looking at this today, you're going to hear Samaria come up and everything. And so during Elisha's ministry, Different uh, enemy nations would come in and try to attack Israel, try to take the land back uh, from them. And now this is where Elisha comes into play. And so let's look at this. Let's look at God's word together this morning. We're going to read some chunks of scripture. uh, And so I'm really excited. I had to break down. And and even one of my kids mentioned, say, you're going to let them know. But Today, I'm preaching from God's Word, but I'm preaching from a large print Bible. Uh, And so I'm 41 years old, all right? I don't got the spectacles yet, no offense if you do, okay? But I got my large print Bible, so I'm excited about reading from this. Uh, And and so anyhow, uh, so we're going to read some chunks of Scripture, and then we're going to talk about it. And we're going to try to get those reminders that God gives us uh, as we face life's battles. Are you guys ready to do this together today? Oh, you sound excited. Okay, good, good, good. Let's do it. 
2 Kings chapter 6, we're going to look at verses 8 through 12. It says, when the king of Aram, let me just pause right there. I won't, I, we're going to read more, don't worry. But I want to just pause there because maybe you're reading along and in your translation it might say the king of Syria. Later on it might say, refer to the Syrians. So again, different translations. That some say Aram, some say Syria, some say Arameans, some say, again, Syrians. Uh, same people, okay? It's not like they're different people groups or anything like that. Uh, same, same nation here, okay? So just in case you're following along, you're like, whoa, 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 I'm in the right place. Yes, you are. Verse eight, so when the king of Aram was at war with Israel, he would confer with his officials and say, we will mobilize our forces at such and such a place. But immediately, Elisha, the man of God, would warn the king of Israel, do not go near that place, for the Arameans are plant, planning to mobilize their troops there. So the king of Israel would send word to the place indicated by the man of God. Time and time again, Elisha warned the king so that he would be on alert there. The king of Aram became very upset over this. He called his officers together and he demanded, which of you is the traitor who has been informing the king of, Elisha, excuse me, the king of Israel of my plans? Verse 12, it's not us, my lord, the king. One of the officials replied, Elisha, the prophet in Israel, tells the king of Israel even the words you speak in the privacy of your bedroom. And so again, just so that we understand the story of what's going on here, uh, the Arameans are trying to attack Israel, and so the king is trying to do these covert attacks, but every time that there was an attack that was planned, Israel already knew what was going on, okay? Uh, Israel already had a heads up. And so the king of Aram was like, hey, who's giving away our secrets? Who's giving away the information to the king of Israel? And they're like, hey, 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 there's no traitor here, okay? Uh, there's nobody spying on anything right here. Uh, this is all Elisha, the man of God, the prophet that's in Israel. He's the one letting the king of Israel know what's going on. And I love then what it says in verse 12. It says, he even knows the conversations. He knows what's going on in your bedroom. And so the first thing I just want to pause right here and just kind of want us to see, how does Elisha know what's going to happen? Because guys, what we have to realize is ultimately God knows our battles. So the first truth I want to remind you about today is this, is that God knows our battles. And so if you're taking notes, uh, you can write that down. And so God knows our battles. And as you think about how God knows everything going on in our life, sometimes and I, I'm guilty of this as well, uh, we're good at covering up. I would say probably some of the best actors in America, some best actors are right here in the church to where we, myself included, are very good at dressing the part, putting the face on, and we come to church and everything's all right, but on the inside, we've got major battles going on. In our own lives, in our own homes, we've got major battles going on, but we're covering them up. I wanna encourage you to know today that God knows your battles. He knows what you're going through. He knows the things that are known to others, and he knows the things that even right now you might be covering up. Psalm chapter 139, uh, verses one through four, remind us of how God knows us. He knows everything about us. Psalm 139, verses one through four, and even into five and six, it says this, O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down and when I stand up. You know my thoughts even when I am far away. 
You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I am doing, uh, what I'm going to say, even before I say it. You were before me and you follow me. You placed your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. And as we think about these truths that are there in Psalm 139, as we're reminded about how God knows us, he knows our battles, he knows what we're going through, he knows what we're struggling with right now. And as you think about this, it's kind of scary. Because it's like if some of you really knew who I was, if you really knew the things that I struggled with, you probably wouldn't want to be friends with me. You'd probably be like, that guy's a jerk. Dude, that guy, man, you know, he's got to get his act together. And if we were just honest before ourselves, and sometimes even I struggle with this because it's like, man, does God really, man, can he really still love me despite who I am? Guys, here's the beauty that we see all throughout Scripture is that God knows us, he knows what we're battling with, and yet he still pursues us. Psalm 139, verses 17 and 18 says, how precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. You see, I want you to know today, no matter what you're battling, God is pursuing you. God is, maybe there is a spiritual battle where you think you're running away from God. Know that God is right there. A lot of times we think that we have to clean our life up I think, hey, if I, just, if I can start coming to church more, if I can start maybe reading the Bible more, then God can forgive me. God can, can begin to heal my soul. I want you to know the beauty of the gospel, the beauty of Jesus is that God has made a way to heal you today. And so again, he knows our battles. And so I just want you to think to yourself this morning, what are you currently facing? What battle are you currently facing? What are you currently struggling with? Because again, I want you to hear these reminders and I want you to hopefully again apply these reminders to your life. Just know whatever it is you're facing, God knows about your battle. Just like God knew about the battles that were there in Israel's life and he helped Elisha warn the king uh, of Israel. You know, we think about battles in life and we think about struggles that we have. Nowhere in the Bible are we ever promised that just because we believe in God and just because we trust in Jesus, just because we go to church, that life is going to be perfect. In fact, a lot of times what we see is when people believe in Jesus, life itself gets a lot harder. Sometimes you hear this phrase called prosperity gospel, that if you just believe in Jesus enough, your life will be well. You'll be wealthy. You'll get that next thing, that next possession. You'll get that next promotion. Can I tell you something? That's not always true. Listen to what Jesus tells his disciples. Jesus is in preparation mode in John chapter 16. He's trying to prepare his disciples of what's to come. Because Jesus is fully man and he's fully God, he knows what's about to come. He knows that the cross is about to happen. He knows that he's gonna rise from the grave. He knows that he's gonna ascend into heaven. He knows that the disciples will be left there, but he also knows that in just a few short months, the disciples, his disciples, friends are going to face intense persecution so intense that a lot of them are going to even lose their lives listen to what jesus tells his disciples as he's preparing them he says i have told you this is john 16 33 i have told you all this so that you may have peace in me 
here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Jesus reminds his disciples, he says, listen, and again, this is not meant to be like a Debbie Downer message or anything like that. I don't even know what that phrase means. This is not meant to be like a downer of a message. This message is to remind us that we live in a broken world, therefore we have battles. We all do, every single one of us. As I look across this room, there's a lot of diversity, a lot of different people that are represented in this room, but one thing that we all have in common is that we live in a broken world because of sin, we will face struggles. But here's the beauty that we see in our passage in 2 Kings, but here's the reminder that we see from Jesus. He says, hey, I've come to give you peace. And that idea of peace is a picture of completeness, is a picture picture of something that's broken, but provides strength, fortifies it. It's almost like that of a wall that's been finally sealed together to protect you from what's going on. And so where does that protection come? As much as I pray, and we have prayed for people's health, we have prayed for people's healing, that protection might not come from a positive diagnosis at your next thing. That protection might not come from a mending of the relationship. That protection from God only comes from within, from Jesus Christ and having a relationship with him. Jesus is the only one who can provide you peace in the midst of our battles that we face in life. And so again, as we go back to 2 Kings, We see the story unfolding in front of us. God knows our battles. And so the king of Aram, he's going to be, he's ticked. So he wants to find Elisha. So let's pick it up, verse 13, 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 13. Go and find out where he is, the king commanded, so I can send troops to seize him. The king wants to find Elisha. And the report came back, Elisha is at Dothan. We're going to hit on Dothan, and so it's not the Dothan you're thinking about, okay? Verse 14. So one night, the king of Aram sent a great army with many chariots and horses and surrounded the city. So when the servant, the man of God, got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. Verse 16, don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are many more on our side than on theirs. Then Elisha prayed. Listen to this. Oh Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. Gotta make sure we get that in there. And so again, so as our story continues, King of Aram's like, hey, we gotta find out where Elisha is. They find out where he's at, he's in Dothan. They send uh, a, a group of raiders there to surround the city, to surround Elisha. Elisha's, Elisha's servant wakes up, and as he wakes up, he looks out in the fog, and he sees these uh, enemy uh, troops that are there that are surrounding him, and he freaks out, understandably so, and he says, what are we gonna do? And Elisha prays, God open his eyes, because there's more that are for us than against us. And here's our second truth I want us to know as we face life's battles, is that God is present, that God is present in our battles. And so here's what we see is in verse 14 and 15, we see the enemy that's there, and we see the servant that is looking out and he just sees the physical that is in front of him. But what we ultimately see in these verses is that God is present 
And we have to realize this truth that God is present even when we don't see him and sometimes even when we don't feel him. Uh, There is a song that we sing called Waymaker and there is a line that is in that worship song that says this, even when I don't see it, you are working, talking about God. Even when I don't feel it, you are working. You never stop, you never stop working. And so again, why is it that when we are in the midst of our battles that we can't see, we can't feel God? Why is it that this young man could not see the fact that there was an actually army of the Lord that was surrounding them that was greater than the Aramean army or the Aramean group of raiders that was there? It's because spiritual blindness happens in our life. Spiritual blindness happens, one, when we don't know Jesus and we don't have a relationship with God and we live our life blind. And we think we have our life figured out, but then we end up getting frustrated and we get really frustrated and sometimes we get really frustrated at God when we face a battle, when we go through a hard time. And why does that happen? Because our eyes have never been open to the truth of the gospel. Our eyes have never been open to the fact that there is a God out there that even though you go through this, that he provides hope, that he provides healing. And again, that comes only from him. He provides, as Jesus says, the peace uh, that lasts all that goes beyond all understanding. And so we have also not just those that don't know Jesus or spiritually blind, but we have those that sometimes when we believe in Jesus, we drift in our relationship with God and we get uh, away from uh, his word. We get away from fellowship with other believers and what happens is we begin to focus more on what's around us. And so also, uh, you know, another thing that has crept into my life because of my age is I have to use an eye mask at night sometimes. It's not the most pretty of things, but you know what? It's so practical, especially if Erin's next to me and she's reading, right? But if you could imagine trying to do life with this eye mask on, it would be extremely frustrating. I mean, just walking and trying to go over here, I don't even want to move because I feel like I'm going to fall off this stage. And as crazy as this looks here on the stage, I want this to be a physical reminder that for some of you, this is what your life looks like right now. You're going through life and you're going through life blind. For some of you, you've never trusted in Jesus for salvation and you're blind. And these battles seem overcoming. For some of you, you're really frustrated because you have trusted in Jesus and you have seen But now you're blind and you're blind because of some decisions you made or maybe comes from sin that's crept into your life. And what we're reminded here today is that God wants us to see him. God wants us to know that he is there, that he's an ever-present help in time of trouble. And so God's presence is seen when we seek him. And so what what happens here is Elisha prays. God opened his eyes and sure enough, God opens his servant's eyes And when he opens his eyes, he sees the Lord's army that's there. Now, as you read through this passage, what's really important and what's really uh, key that we understand is this. As this servant sees God's army, the Aramean army still remains. The battle, the trial doesn't go away. It still stays there. But what's different is God's presence is seen and God's presence is noticed. So when we're in the midst of our battles, how do we experience God's presence, especially when we don't see him, when we don't feel him? We have to be willing to seek him. One thing that's key throughout this whole passage is that Elisha prays. Elisha spends time in prayer, and a lot of times we hit prayer as a panic thing instead of as a regular thing. 
also I think about another practical way. How do we, spend, how do we seek God and how do we see his presence? It's his word. The number one way that God reveals himself to us today is through his word. You know, I strongly encourage you, man, if you've not gotten plugged into a D group or if you're not consistently reading through God's word with a group of people, man, come on Sunday nights. It's a great, great encouraging time. One of the most encouraging things that I do in our student ministry right now on our schedule is we meet in here at six o'clock. And what do we do at six o'clock? It's nothing big. It's nothing flashy. We read a passage of God's word together as a youth group. And then we get time alone with that passage to hear what God is trying to show us. And then we come back as a group and we share our thoughts. We share what God showed us. And I'm going to tell you, it is amazing to just be back here on Sunday nights and to hear what these students are hearing from God. To hear, again, man, what God is showing them. And this is not just for student ministry. We've got adult D groups that meet. And so, and again, just encouraging me. How do we see God in the midst of and know that his presence is there? We've got to be in his word. You know, I mentioned that. Where was Elisha when this uh, army came? He was in Dothan. He was in Dothan. And again, to us, it's like Dothan, Dothan, Alabama, Ross Clark Circle. I've been there. Uh, and so anyhow, that's not the Dothan it's talking about. So the Dothan that's talking about is, again, a city uh, that we see uh, in God's word. But this is not the first time that Dothan was ever mentioned. In fact, if you go all the way back to the book of Genesis, in Genesis chapter 37, there was a young man named Joseph who had a bunch of brothers that did not like him. And Joseph was sent out by his father Jacob to go inquire of his brothers and see what he was doing, see what they were doing. And Joseph found out that where his brothers were. Guess what city they were in? That was a question. Yeah, Dothan, okay? They were in Dothan. And it was in Dothan that his brothers planned to kill Joseph because of their anger, because of their jealousy over him. But instead, they threw Joseph into a pit in Dothan. And then it was from Dothan that Joseph was sold into slavery. He ended up in a guy's, name's, guy's house named Potiphar. In Potiphar's house, he rose to the top, but he eventually was wrongfully accused of a crime he did not commit, and he ended up in prison. While in prison, he was forgotten about, and he sat there. Went through all these battles. Eventually, God had him get out of prison, and he became the prince of Egypt, number one in charge of all of Egypt. And all this happened because God had a plan of all these battles that Joseph was going through that started in Dothan, right, God had a plan. In fact, Genesis chapter 50, verse 2, look at what God's word says. And this is at the end of Joseph's life. Genesis 50, and he's speaking to his brothers. He says, you intended harm to me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so that I could save the lives of many people. Because Because Joseph was thrown into a pit in Dothan, and because he went through all these different battles, God was using these battles and positioning Joseph in a place to where he could save his family's life, but not just his family's life, so many people around him. And so again, seeing God's presence in the midst of our battles helps give us the proper perspective. All right, we gotta get back to our story because I wanna make sure we close this in time. 2 Kings chapter six. Let's pick it up there. So again, Lord's army's around him. Verse 18. 
as the Aramean uh, army advanced toward him, Elisha prayed, Oh, Lord, please make them blind. So the, the, so the Lord struck them with blindness as Elisha had asked. Then Elisha went out and told them, You have come the wrong way. This isn't the right city. Follow me and I will take you to the man you are looking for. And he led them to the right, uh, he led them to the city of Samaria. Again, capital of Israel. As soon as they had entered Samaria, Elisha prayed, O Lord, now open their eyes and let them see. So the Lord opened their eyes and they discovered that they were in the middle of Samaria. And when the king of Israel saw them, he shouted to Elijah, my father, should I kill them? Should I kill them? Of course not, Elisha replied. Do we kill prisoners of war? Give them food and drink and send them home again to their master. So the king made a great feast for them and sent them home to their master, and after the, the Aramean raiders stayed, uh, stayed away from the land of Israel. And so the last point I want us to see today as we close out is this, is that God's power carries us through our battles. So I don't know what you're going through today, but God brought you here for a time. And maybe again, just wanted to remind you of some of these truths. But one of the main truths is it's God's power that carries us through. He does not remove the battles, but he helps carry us through the battles. Who is the one that allowed the Aramean army to be captured? It was the Lord. Two times you read in verse 18 and verse 20, it says, so the Lord, so the Lord. You see, God's power is enough to fight our battles because this all goes back to the cross. Because Jesus died on the cross for our sins, because he was buried and because he rose, we can have ultimate victory in life over life's greatest battle, and that's sin. And if you're here today and there has never been a moment in your life to where you have made the conscious and intentional decision to trust in Jesus for salvation, I would pray today. I don't know what battle you're going through, but the greatest battle you have is the sin that's in your life and you can't conquer it. It was conquered at the cross. And if you put your faith and trust in Jesus, you can have a relationship with God. And so again, it starts with salvation, but then it carries on from there. How can we continue to experience victory in our life? How can we continue to experience God's power in our life? It goes back to our relationship with Christ. And so I pray today that as we look into our life, as we try to identify maybe the battle, the struggle that we're having, I pray that we would just be reminded from this truth, from this story, from the life of Elisha, that God knows our battles, that he is present in our battles, and that God's power carries us through our battles. Will you pray with me? God, we come to you today, and God, we thank you as we sang that you are the same God. That God, we're not just reading about a God of the past, that did an incredible miracle in the life of Elisha. But God, you are the same God today. You are, your nature and your character has never changed. God, your word reminds us from everlasting to everlasting that you are God. And so God, I pray today for each heart. I thank you for my faith family. But God, I pray for our hearts today that God, um, whatever battle is going through, God, I pray today we would know that you know our battles, you're present in our battles, and you give us power and strength to carry us through them. The band is gonna come and they're gonna sing. 
our final and closing song. And again, I encourage you, man, one of the greatest ways we can respond to God's word is through worship. But maybe after this song, you say, you know what? I've never put my faith and trust in Christ. I'd love to talk to you. Just know that I will be down here. Love to have that conversation with you. Maybe today you're going through a battle and maybe you need to take off the blindfold and you need to turn back to Jesus and trust in him. So however this fits in your life, God knows, would you receive his truth today? God, we love you and we thank you. And in your name we pray, Jesus.